Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Welcome to episode 163 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. And also fanatics, it always feels much nicer and much calmer the day after an Everton win. Yes, again, Sean Dyche has uh, masterminded another 1-0 home victory, this time against Leeds United. Massively important, obviously, with them being so uh, so close to us. And it was a, it was a game, from, from a Leeds perspective, of, of very few chances, which was a, a positive thing for ourselves. You know, no, no shots on target for them. Um, when you look back on it, I'd probably say it was a comfortable 1-0. Is, as much as I was sitting there and, and it didn't feel comfortable at the time, but looking back, it, it certainly was. But we were all we were all there yesterday, and Lee, I'll, I'll come to you first. What are you, what are your thoughts? So we spoke briefly after the game, didn't we? Yesterday on our, on our way on our way out. But what what are your thoughts on that? It, it was a massive win, wasn't it? We we said on last week's show when I recorded in, in the week with uh, with Callum and Chris, was it a must win? We all probably we all agreed that it was. But you've got to be happy with with getting those three points yesterday. Well, mate, if we get one nil to the Arsenal, it's one nil to the Toffees now, isn't it? Um, the way Dice has got us winning these, uh, nicking, well, not really nicking these games, but you know, keeping clean sheets is a massive plus. That that that's the big thing for me. You know, there's one thing you can say since he's come in, and and even at times in the Lampard, we've said the same. There's never really, other than the West Ham game. And we were convinced that Lampard was told he was going before that. Um, there's never really been a lack of desire or effort from the players. Lack of quality, definitely, but definitely not a lack of desire. And that was in evidence again yesterday. Um, although we both said, didn't we? Or we all said coming out of the ground, if we'd have had a half decent centre forward in that team, uh, even someone like you know, like a, a latter end of career, Luis Sahar or something like that, who's you know, who was a top all-round striker, but we got him in his latter years. We probably would have put that game to bed way early, wouldn't we? And maybe scored two or three. Um, we just don't look like we have that desire or sort of, you know, get on the end of a cross, throw your body at it or, you know what I mean? It, it, you know, we even had an open goal, if you remember, in the first 12th, when, when Melier dropped the ball, didn't he? And, and, and the, when Neil didn't, didn't want to shoot, you know what I mean? We'd rather square it and give, give someone else a responsibility. So I was so, so grateful we managed to get over the line. Um, I think, you know, by the end of this season, I think we're all going to have aged by another 10 years. Um, you know, my heart rate yesterday, I think my resting heart rate must be about 110 <laughs> watch, watching the game because it was just, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable really. But I mean, Leeds, let's be honest, and, 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 and I mean this in the kindest way, both, both, they were pretty much two poor sides, weren't they? If you didn't know where we were in the league, both sides, in terms of quality, and you just turned up and watched that game, you would have thought, yeah, these two sides are definitely near 
sort of you know the bottom end of the division or the bottom half because there was definitely a lack of quality on show. But fair play to the lads, they dug in. Um, you know, they, they were definitely the team that deserved to win. Um, and you know, what a what a goal from Coleman as well. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, what a moment for him as well. And you know, he's had he's had a tough few years on the whole. You know, we have as a club anyway. And for him to grab a crucial goal like that in a, in a massive game, um, and the way he took it as well. I mean, there was questions whether he meant it or not. I think he's come out afterwards and said he did. And 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 I said to you, I think he definitely meant it because the way he laced it. I know Mike, you were saying he was trying to get a corner or something like that, but I, I you know, in in those scenarios. If you were looking to cross it, you'd look to probably side foot it to try and get a bit more accuracy. Um, there was no one in the box. And and I, I think he's just absolutely cut across it and laced it Van Basten style. Um, and not too many times in a sentence, I think I'll say Seamus Coleman and Van Basten. But um, that, that, was, that was a hell of a moment for him. The whole stadium on their feet singing his song. And, and I think, you know what, those three points... But let's be honest, that they, they could be the difference right there between staying up in this league, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'll come to obviously to Seamus Coleman's goal shortly because uh, I, I was where I said I'm right in line with the with the goal line. Uh, so I, I had a fantastic view of, of the goal, and um, you know he said he meant it, and, and we'll, we'll go over that obviously shortly. But but Pete obviously Lee, Lee mentioned there. Uh, I think a good place to start is you know the fact that. Outside of the Seamus Coleman goal, we a point picked up on match today last night actually by Alan Shearer was there's in terms of strikers and chances created, there's just nobody there. Is there? because for, for me, I thought Dwight McNeil had a decent game. I thought he worked hard. He put on a couple of fantastic balls across the box. His set pieces were good. Obviously, we had a James Tar- uh, Tarkowski header from a corner saved. And we had the one where it was off the line twice from a, from a set piece. But then you look at the balls that are coming in because Sean Dice is, is clearly working on. Let's get the ball wide and let's get to the ball and I'll put on an early cross and try and create chances there. There's not a soul there. Is the Mopey, you know, doesn't seem to want to gamble. When it comes in from the left, the Wobie's not really gambling and, and vice versa with, with McNeil. And that that's a little bit of a concern, isn't it? When you look at that game yesterday, and you know, it's a game where we could have really won it two, three, or four. If we had somebody up there who was willing to, to make those make those darts and, and get on the end of a cross, that's just that's a little concern, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, oh, I, I think um, probably the unanimous feeling in the stadium was we we could have and should have been about two or three up by half time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought I thought we were industrious. I thought we were aggressive. I thought Leeds were extremely poor. Um, but yeah, there was some great crosses fl- flashing into that box that you just think if you know if Mope was perhaps a little bit more confident or a bit more aggressive, is he in there to, you know, to, to get on the end of them? Um, and I'm not being over, overly critical of Mopé because I thought he had he had a good game yesterday in terms of his work rate and what he did for the team. And I thought he grew into the game as well, um, you know, because he was he was kicked to bits and he was he, he was fouled every time the, the ball came up. But I thought he was competitive um, and, you know, he made it stick when he, when he could. But... <sighs> You, you wonder as well whether some of the poor decision making we make is is maybe about the, the players being very aware of the pressure to come up with goals. You know, sometimes people talk about that um, kind of like money ball philosophy, don't they? Of you know trying to get a, a thirty goal striker in the aggregate across the team. But for me, one one of the reasons that really doesn't work is I think when you've got a number nine who's scoring goals. It, it kind of enables the players around him to become a bit more confident and a bit more free and to start getting on the score sheet. But I think when you've not got that in your side, I think that the pressure then falls on the other midfielders or the other forward players. And I, I think in a strange way, it can become a bit crippling or it can kind of threaten performance, um, especially second half when we're on the breakaway. I mean, I think what, one of the particular chances when it came to Sims on that right-hand side and he he does really well to kind of hold it up, control it, and then he just knocks it in for Decore. And at the time he took his first touch, he looked like he had acres. And I thought, right, he's just going to sprint away here and slot it in. But he almost seemed to get it, you know, caught under his feet, make all the wrong decisions, and then not get the shot off. Um, first half as well, when uh, when their keeper kind of came up, came off his line in in that skirmish. 
and I know how fast it is in in real time, and it you know looks easy on a replay. But I think the ball shifted between three of our players. I think you know McNeil, Mope. I can't remember who the third was, but you think what you know one of you just put your foot through it and take a shot, take mm. you know take the chance. Um, so you know presumably this this is going to be something that you know the players are going to be working on and it's it's going to be a, a focus. But I do think Dice has got a, a tricky problem in terms of you know who to put up there. Because I think with, with Mope, you get a little bit more industry maybe than you do with um, with with Sims. But Sims seems to me to be a bit more confident. And, and com- comparing it to the derby, I felt Sims did okay, but he didn't. He, he didn't get a sniff, did he? Had no service. And then today, sorry, today, yesterday, we're, we're flashing in some brilliant crosses, and you think, gosh, you know, could we do with Sims in there? You know, mm-hmm. sh- should he have been the one? And it, it's very easy, isn't it, to be be critical of a lineup and um you know I don't particularly want to do it when we've come away with a, a win and a clean sheet. Uh but yeah it felt wasteful yesterday and you just hope that that's not going to become a theme, you know, where we show lots of industry, lots of promise, uh, lots of energy, lots of fight. Um but we haven't got anyone in there to kind of finish them off. Like Lee said, you know, we're we're really missing a a finisher and a goal scorer. And I think it's it's having a maybe a little bit of a um a wobbly effect on the rest of the players. I think, that's a, I think that's a really good point. Sorry, Mike. I think that's a really good point. That because um, if you think about it, in, in in any sport, you know, you know, people talk about the state of flow, isn't it? And you just mentioned the word freedom there, Pete. The freedom to play without any pressure and fear of failure and everything else. When you're not scoring goals and you know you're a low-scoring team, every game's going to be like like that, like a stress. You know, it's a stress for us in the in in the crowd because obviously we can't influence the game. So it's going to be a stress for the players on the pitch. Now imagine you're playing in that game yesterday against Leeds. You're the better side. You're creating, you know, chances, half chances. But in your head, you kind of go, "We're going to have to keep on creating here to try and take one because we're not a prolific goal-scoring team." And that, and that heaps pressure. The only game I can think of is the Palace game, where obviously we, you know, we scored a relatively early goal with Calvert Lewin. But then you look at that last goal that we scored against Palace. Do you remember that move, the free-flowing football, the move that you know came to that? I mean, it was obviously probably going to be one of our best goals of the season, if not the best goal of the season. And and that all came from because the players, you know, we're 2-0 up, Goodison singing, there's no real doubt that we're going to win the game. And guess what? Players relax. Players relax on the ball, they start expressing themselves, and then we score a lovely third goal. And that's the difference right there. You know, if we'd have scored early or, you know, one of those chances in the first half and maybe gone in at 2-0 half-time, the crowd feel a lot less anxious. The players can probably play with more freedom. You know, it's a massive cumulative effect, isn't it? And I think that that is the problem because we're not scoring goals. We're not prolific. We're not. We're not even sniffing out a goal or looking like we're other than set pieces since Dice has come in. Is anyone really attacking these balls, throwing their bodies at it to try and get, you know to, to get anything on the end of it? No. So as a result, we end up in a really cagey game. And it takes, you know, a moment of genius, really, from from a from from a lad who should never be scoring a goal like that. You know what I mean? From it was a hell of a hell of a strike, like I said. So that is that is, you know, if we're going to stay up, we're going to have to find. Or he's going to have to find a way to try and get eke more goals out of this team um, because we can't keep a clean sheet every week. You know, certainly away from home, we're going to find that difficult. And you know, that that is the big thing for me. Uh, I know it's. You know, you just mentioned Mopay there. It'd be interesting what you think, Mike. Actually, and and I know you talked about it on the pod last week. You know, what is Mopay as a striker? What is he? I don't really know what he is. He, he he's not he's not quick, so he doesn't really run in behind. He sometimes drops in the hole, but then he can't really hold the ball. At probably his hold up play isn't the best because he's fairly slight and his touch isn't you know like Berbatov's. You know what I mean? So what you know. Is he a penalty box striker? Well, maybe not, because then you look at some of the crosses that were thrown in. You know, like you, like you said, Mike Shearer brought it up there. You know, a, a, a penalty box strikers on the end of that, aren't they? You know, they're, they're knocking that in. So I, I don't really know what he is because he's none. He's none of those that I've just mentioned. So maybe he's a second striker. Maybe he's a striker that has to play off somebody else. You know, in order to get the best out of him. So he, he's a bit of a sort of a, an enigma, Mope, really, in that respect. And the fact he doesn't really fulfil any sort of role as, as a striker because he's not blessed in any of those areas. But I don't know what you think, Mike. That, the pe- people, obviously, you, you saw him play at Brighton uh, and watched them regularly there. They always say that 
and Everton he gets played incorrectly because obviously we, we play a system with one striker, he, he's better in it too. Uh, and it's it's pretty straightforward, really, in terms of the fact that if you're up there with somebody else and they're occupying another centre half, it gives him a bit that little bit more space. Um, he was always, I mean, we always use the word nuisance. Um, he was one of those who was always busy. I go back to his to his debut actually against Liverpool. If you remember, we signed him. He wasn't fit. He hadn't played for Brighton at all. Came in, played played pretty much the full ninety. I think off the top of my head, and that was probably his best game. Probably should have scored. I think they had a chance to score if you remember, and that was probably his best game he's had. And he was just he was just busy. He was in and around their centre halves. He was he was a he was a nuisance. Um, at times, he, he was holding the ball up as much as obviously he's not particularly big. He was holding the ball up fairly well, winning little free kicks, and and he looked he looked all right. And we thought, you know, he's done that with with no games under his belt at all. I think since um, since the previous season, competitively anyway, um, and and we thought, you know, get a few more games in his legs, and and he's going to be or he could be an asset for us, but it's not really materialised. You know, from whether it's to do with the fact that. He struggles in playing up front on his own. Um, he, he didn't get many, many chances, I would say, um, under under Frank Lampard. He obviously Sean Dice has come in. He's got the he got the nod to start the game. Yesterday he came on. Was it for for half hour against against Arsenal as well? But he's um, it's yeah, it's it's difficult in, in in how we play. It just doesn't suit a striker like him. And this is. I've said it, I think, on the, on the last three or four shows. This goes back to, to the failings in the transfer windows, the fact that we didn't sign a like-for-like striker who's got the same attributes as Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin then effectively could have, be, could have be, uh, became almost the striker that you, you, you call off the bench. So, therefore, the pressure's off him a little bit to, to have to be fit week in, week out. And you haven't got to call them all the time. And you can have a striker like him who, who's starting for you and... You know, under Lampard, under under Dice, playing this one striker system, it's a struggle now. Maybe, maybe Sean Dice looks to go four four two. Maybe um, it will all depend, obviously, how how we perform in previous games, who we're playing against. You know, yesterday leads to relegation battle. We obviously we've we've leapfrogged them with the with the three points, um, but he approached the game. I'm not going to say in the same way as the Arsenal game because in the Arsenal game we were doubling up on the wingers um, and made it really difficult for them. But he approached the game in a similar manner in terms of his formation, and um, you know that that basically means we have one man up front. And at the moment, you you either play Mope there, you play Ellis Sims, or you ask Demai Gray to come on and and basically you know just just put them under pressure, use his pace. Um, but would that really work in a one? Who, who knows? But it's a, it's a difficult situation. And you don't want to spend sort of too long dwelling on this because we won the game. And that, that was that was all that mattered. You know, we, we had to win the game. We had to get out of the bottom three. Um, because, you know, let's let's face it, from a, a psychological perspective, for us to get out of the bottom three, that's a big thing. I know Sean Dice didn't, didn't play it down, but he didn't sort of focus too much on it when he was asked about it after the game yesterday. Uh, but I think psychologically for those players to, to say, listen, he's been here for three games. We've had two clean sheets. We've beaten top of the table Arsenal. We've beaten a relegation rival in Leeds. Um, we're now out of the bottom three. That's a big thing for these players to sort of get get hold of and, and hold on to as we as we go forward into obviously more important games over the next the next few weeks. But going going back to the game, you know, you you look at how Leeds set up. But more important, I think, how we defended. You had the two lads, the two wide players, Somerville and uh, Nonso. Both have been have been good, especially in recent weeks. They they caused problems against Manchester United. They've got pace. You must have been impressed Lee, with both Seamus Coleman and Michalenko in terms of how they defended against these these two kids, because these are players that could have that could have really hurt us on the day. I totally agree, yeah. I, I really do. Uh, I thought the whole back four, by the way, had a good game. Uh, you know, Cody's coming for a bit of stick recently. Is that warranted? I'd say yes to an extent, but I don't think he's been as bad as some people have made out. Um, he's been at fault possibly for a few goals. He's sometimes guilty of, for me, instead of engaging the ball, his, his first thought is to drop um, occasionally. But um, I thought Sarkowski Sol- had a good game. 
Um, and like you said, the, the fullbacks themselves, they dealt with the wingers really well. You saw that altercation with Coleman and Nonto at the end there. There was a bit of sort of flared up a little bit. It was it was being shown on the screens, wasn't it? But I think, you know, that young lad will go on to be a top player and he'll probably remember that game at Goodison Park against a wily old Irish right back. You know what I mean? So, um, but no, I thought, I thought clean sheet was warranted. The main thing is, you know, no shots on target. Pickford didn't have anything to do. Um, if I was a Leeds fan, I'd be a little worried there, in all fairness, because, you know, they didn't look at it at all. They looked like they need a manager or they need some direction because, you know, um, they they just looked rudderless, really, didn't they? Uh, you know, especially with some of the attacking talent they had on the pitch. You'd probably say their front their front three there is, is, is stronger than ours in some respects, you know, especially with Bamford playing through the middle. Who's, I know he's not fully fit, but, you know, he's their version. Their, you know, their version of Calvert Lewin, essentially, isn't he? Uh, but I thought I thought the two lads handled him really well. Um, I thought the midfield played really well. Since Decore's come back into the fold, I think particularly the two home games, he's been very good. Um, but you know, for me, the man of the match by a distance was Garner. Other than other than a, a sort of a ropey few minutes in, uh, you know, five six minutes in the in the first half, I think. I think Garner was 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 everywhere yesterday again. Absolutely outstanding. Um, is it said it before? The way he reads the game, the way you know he's aggressive as well, isn't he? Without go, being overly aggressive, if you like, he just gets in people's faces. He he times a tackle really well. I thought he was I thought he was superb yesterday, and a big reason why we why we won that sort of midfield battle and went on to win the game. Um, but yeah, like I said, my. You know, we're going to talk about it shortly. You know, these home games, keeping clean sheets are going to be vital. We're not going to suddenly find, um, you know, a twenty-goal striker out of nowhere, are we? You know, I mean, we're not going to we're not going to blitz teams by two or three. So clean sheets are vital if if, if we're to stay up. And and you know what? Massive credit to Dice as well. He's come in. He's acknowledged it's a difficult job. We all know it's a difficult job, and he's taken six points out of nine. And and that that is a massive achievement in in all fairness. Yes, we'd have liked to have got something in the derby. We didn't really turn up at all in that game. But six points from nine in a position where we're at, you know, when the players are low on confidence, we've got key people out. We didn't sign anyone in the window, and you've taken six out of nine is is, is pretty impressive, to be fair. Oh, it, it is, you know. And when when he first came in, you know, we, we, I know we've said it a couple of times. You look at the first two fixtures, Arsenal, Liverpool. And if you offered you offered three points after those two games, you would have taken it. And then obviously we, we looked at the Leeds game. As I said, we, we called it a must win. And and he's won that. And like I say, for me, it was a it was a comfortable one-nil. For a side to come to Goodison Park in Leeds situation, battling, obviously, that as as we are, and not have a shot on target, those fans have got to be disappointed. They're travelling, obviously, from from Leeds to, to come to this game. It was a big game for both sides and, and they just didn't look anywhere near it. And I, I do think you mentioned there that the mind's a situation. When you change a mind, you're like they've done, like we've done, Southampton, another side. You're looking around, you know, we're now in, at the back end of February now, you, you're looking around for someone to come in to steady the ship and, and pick up wins. And that's a difficult thing to do. It really, really is. And we've been lucky in, in a way that obviously Sean Dice was available and, and we got in there first. Somebody who's been in this situa- situation many times in the past. But those, you know, leads especially, they put themselves, I think, in, in the mire, I think, with what, with what they've done. A lot of their fans were saying after the game yesterday, they felt that they, they held on to Jesse March for too long. But like, like our fans were saying about Lampard, uh, and you go back to that World Cup, that break where maybe... He could have worked with another manager for six weeks and had that mid pre-season and how important that could have been for them. Some were saying about getting getting Bielsa back and he shouldn't have been sacked and that was knee-jerk and it's all ibs and butts, isn't it? And, and, you know, we can all look back on decisions made or not made and whether they were right or wrong, but it's it's a difficult it's a difficult sell, I think, for someone to come in to lead at this moment in time. Bear in mind, they backed the manager massively in January. They spent some big, big money in January and brought in quality acquisitions by you know all the county transfer record for, for the kid um who didn't actually come on is it, is it Bruce I didn't actually come on come on the pitch yesterday um so it's a tough I think he came tough. he came on didn't he second half I think he came on with yeah, I didn't think he did listen, listen, to go, didn't he did it, he come if, on if, Pete come on yeah if if he did 
I he, he, he did come on, but he was he was fairly anonymous. I think he um he made a foul within about the first thirty seconds of coming on because when when I when I saw the board um, and I heard them announced, I was I was nervy because I thought you know this lad's got pedigree and I, I believe he can play. Uh, and as Mike said, you know they they broke the record to bring them in, and I thought oh, I can just see how this is going to go here. Um, and it's hard not to feel like that with the way our looks gone, um, isn't it? But yeah, thankfully he had a quiet game, and let's hope let's hope he's a massive flop for them. Well, that that shows you the impact that he had because he came on with about ten minutes to go. I didn't even know that he came on, um, and like I say, I had no idea that I'd actually seen him on the pitch. So for him not to have to have any kind of impact, but again. That, that's a late sub, isn't it? For, for your for your record transfer, somebody you paid big money for, you one 0 down in, in a massively important game, and he's he's getting he's getting ten minutes, you know. So that that says a lot. Maybe the 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 current interim manager doesn't really fancy him. Again, Leeds fans were saying you think he's quite lightweight and maybe needs you know twelve eighteen months to really settle into into English football. Um, but I was you know looking back on it. I was I was mightily impressed with how comfortable we made it. Okay, there was mistakes made. You mentioned there, Garner started the game. He was a little bit edgy. He played that that ball. He, he, he seems to have one of these passes, doesn't he? Every single game where he plays it blind and plays somebody in, and you know it's it, that seems to be in his lock. And, and he started a little bit nervy. Dwight McNeil started a bit nervy. Overhit a, a cross. I remember early on at one point, and there was a few moans and groans. But the anxiety in the stadium is going to be there because. Of the situation we find ourselves in, and you know, it's it's it is difficult. It is difficult for us all when we go there. I I just don't enjoy going the game. I just can't sit there and relax at all. But the fell next week sits there, his legs up and down all the time. So it's sh- that that's shaking my seat. I'm I'm sitting there at the time with with my eyes covered. Um, it's it's a difficult difficult thing at this moment in time. As you, as you said, Lee, you came off the ground and said, "Was that your days about ten years just in that?" In that, those ninety minutes, and it says it all, doesn't it? How how hard it is at this moment in time to to go and watch watch a game of football. Um, along along for a mid table finish, and and games that don't mean a great deal, but they all mean a lot. But we've got to discuss. Obviously, I said the the goal. Of course, we have. Um, I was online with it perfectly when Seamus Coleman when, when I saw the great ball. By the way, by Alex Obobi when when I saw. And get on the end of it. I don't know where he found that burst of pace from, but I think he was he was against uh, against Cock, wasn't he? He's not particularly quick, but he's, he's quite a big lad. Um, and and Coleman just just literally pressed the accelerator, and he was he was gone. And when he's hit it, there was and I, I hit the back of the net. There was almost this stunned silence, as if to say, "What's what's gone on?" It, it, it was it was notable for me, and it was just went deadly quiet. And I thought, I gone through a hole in the side of the net because I just I couldn't work it out. And obviously, then the the, the roar goes up. But Pete, Seamus Coleman has said post match he meant it. Who are we to question him? Of course, Lee did say fair, fair play to Lee when we, we walked him after the game. He's convinced that he meant it by how he how he hit the ball. If he's meant it, it's some strike, isn't it? Yeah. Well, look, they don't come any more honest than Seamus Coleman. So if he says he meant it, I believe him. If I was going to buy a car off anyone, I'd want to buy it off Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but, but it was it was, a, it was a great moment. But it was just a great moment for him, you know. Personally, we, we saw it was Leeds last season, wasn't it? Lampard had just come in our first league game under him, and Sheamus scored, didn't he, at the park end? And and he was almost well enough at that particular point. He got that goal, um, and then we saw the same. We saw the same yesterday in terms of he gets gets a really important goal. Similar time of the season again against the side we're in and around in and around where we are. But when when you when you see his face, when you I mean the the, the crowd were great, the, the noise in terms of you know singing singing his song, all all four sides of the ground were up. I haven't heard Goodison probably that loud. From the Arsenal game was fantastic, but that that moment, that moment where everyone was was behind Seamus Coleman when he when he scores that goal. If any player deserves it, Lee, it's him, isn't it? You know, he's such a He's Mr. Everton, is, is what you probably call him now. He's been there for so many years. We've always said he deserves a trophy like, like Leighton Baines did. He deserves to win something at the club. But it means it means the world to Seamus Cole on this club, doesn't it? Well, you could see by some of the some of the footage afterwards, couldn't you, how much it meant to him and even after the game as well. Um what as I said earlier, what what a moment for him. 
you know, he scored that. He's he's lost his head. All the players, you can see, he's loved by everyone in the ground. Everyone in the in the in the, in the changing room, by the way, because they all went over to him, all sprinted over to him. Couldn't wait to congratulate him. Uh, Decorey in particular was all over him. Um, and then there was a moment. I don't know whether you guys picked it up. There's a moment then where he separates from all the players and he gets back into his own half. He's on his own then in his own half, ready for the kickoff, obviously. I think he just looks around and, and just sort of takes it all in. You know what I mean? And, and when he retires, um, you know, and, and hopefully we, we can maybe eke another couple of years out of him. And certainly as maybe a backup right back going forward. But when he retires, he'll remember those, those moments, you know, where he would just sit there and look around and go, I've got pretty much nigh on 37, 38,000 people here singing, singing my basic, singing my song, singing my name. Um, I mean, a hell of a moment for him. You know, he's coming for stick at times, and you know, some of it for me is unwarranted. He's been, we've all said it before. You know, it took the club far too long to get someone like a Patterson in as an understudy. But when the clubs needed him, you know, this season in in, in certain games, he's been outstanding. You mentioned before against Arsenal, against you know Martinelli, he was you know one of the best young wingers in Europe, never mind the league. And and Seamus played brilliantly against him as well. So so tough for him. Ro- rolled back the years there, didn't he? You know he scored some great goals in his time. I remember goals at home against Spurs and people like you know where he where he scored some cracking goals and and you know that that you could hear him screaming for it from Awobi as well. You know you, everyone could hear it. He's, you know he, he, he's screaming, playing flip it over the top. And as I said, he's ran onto it. And I was on a good... I'm up in the upper Bullens there, so you could see the vantage point. You could see no one was in the box. So it's not as if he was trying it and he's he crossed it and he's mishit it. I think he's just gambled. And, and, and obviously the keeper is, is you know massively at fault as well for not covering his near post, probably anticipating maybe a cross. But if you look at it on the replay, he misses that near post by millimetres, doesn't he? You know, if, if that if that clatters the post, you know, it's it's so easy there that it comes out and... You know he's absolutely nailed it. Um, the outside of his, his his right foot, and you know w- w- what a goal, what a goal. What, what's your thoughts, Pete? It's, it's an unusual goal, but you wouldn't say there's anything fortunate about it, would you? No. Like no, you no, say, no, he, he's, he's, had, he's had to time, he's had to time the run, he's had to beat the man. Yeah. It was also it's easy, it's easy. Sorry, mate. It's easy, easy. It's easy there when you're hitting it with the outside of your foot to completely slice that out of play for you know for a goal kick. Easily, you've got to time that so so well. The bouncing ball, you know, um, and especially you know, you're a right back. You're not renowned for being able to hit shots like that, are you? You know, you're set first and foremost. You're a defender. That makes it even more impressive the fact that he's caught that so sweetly with the outside of his foot. Just got a little bit, just a little bit, a touch of swerve on it, Um, and you know, it's it's just like you said, mate. It was a weird sort of stunned silence. I think Mm -hmm. the Gladys Street. Probably thought he went behind the goal. I think most of the Gladys Street were the were the last to react. I think where I was, most of us were, were, were up first because we had the angle. But from where you were, mate, I mean, you were pretty much like probably right in line with it, weren't you? From where you sit, I, I, I was right in line. And as I say, you say how close it was to that near post. I thought it had gone through a hole in the net. You, you see, it's happened before, hasn't it? If you just dial up for that to actually happen, so I, I couldn't actually process what had actually got what had actually gone on and the fact that it had gone in the back of the net and. It was just, it was just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. But he was, he was involved heavily in the build-up. Everton released the, the from all angles footage, so obviously you can, you can have a, have a watch it and see, see the goal from a variety of vantage points. But Seamus Collins was heavily involved in the build-up. Mope held the ball up really well, giving it back to to Ghana. You then put it up back out wide to Wobi, and then by that time Coleman had gone. Like you say, his, his shout was audible, wasn't it? You could, you could hear the shout. He, he's gone, give me the ball. And and he just said, he, he said it himself after the game, he's literally, you know, he's, he's ran as fast as he, he, he could nowadays. You know, yes, uh, he probably hasn't got that pace that he once had. We had the will. He had the will to get there. And he's had a little glance. You can see the glance. Um, he had, had a little glance to see who was in the round the box where the goalkeeper was. And the goalkeeper's just set himself for the ball to, to be crossed in and for a comfortable catch. You know, which, which goalkeepers will do. You know, the goalkeepers will do that. So he's, he's totally flat-footed. He's, his body weight is, is not going to go that way. So once he's hit that, the keeper has got absolutely no chance whatsoever. But it's a it's a fantastic goal. It's just a fantastic goal and, and, and a great moment. Um, and, and one that, that, that he deserves, that's for sure. 
Well, one thing I will say as well, and interesting just to get your points before we finish the section off. The crowd, obviously, the adrenaline from the crowd fed onto the pitch. And for the next 10, 15 minutes, the players played a bit frantically, didn't they? No one got their foot on it. The game was crying out for someone to get their foot on it and show a bit of composure because Leeds were clearly rocked by it. The atmosphere was bouncing. And if there was ever a moment if we could have got a second goal, it was just to someone just to put their foot on it and make a right choice. And I felt we played... Um, I mean, look, we didn't concede in that time, so obviously we can't be overly critical, but I just felt we played to the tune of the crowd a bit too much there, and the ball was sort of flying around like a hot potato, wasn't it? And I think there was one moment where they had a set piece, and um, Pickford managed to get it, and then straight away he's gone looking for the, you know, the crowd was bouncing, Pickford's looking for a quick throw out to Garner, Garner's let it run across his body, then they've won the ball back, then suddenly we've committed loads of men forward for a counter-attack, and then I'm suddenly defending a transition. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's sometimes there uh, we were guilty of just, you know, probably playing a bit too much to the crowd, you know, and, and hang on a minute, we're in the lead here, just slow it down, you know, take control of the ball. And there was a 10, 15 minute spell there where, the, where we were sort of a little bit sort of, not all over the place, but it, it was, we didn't create anything at all, did we, after that? We didn't, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the momentum that we clearly had. It, the game just needed someone, like I said, to put their foot on it in midfield. I think we maybe could have picked them off again, um, but no, I don't want to. Get, I don't want to be overly critical. It's a massive win, but um, you know, as I said before, you know, a fantastic moment for such. such let's be honest, he he will go down in our generation as a legend of the club, and rightly so. Well, yeah, I mean, legend. It's, it's one of those arguments, isn't it, all the time? Like you say, if it's an era, an era question, then yes, he would. But if you look, you look back on throughout all. Everton players as, as definitely an iconic figure, somebody you you know to 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 pay sixty thousand pounds for somebody to have the longevity that he's had in the Premier League to have the career that he's had to play at that particular level. And at one point, you know, we had we had probably the the, the best left and right back in in the Premier League in my opinion. You know, uh, with Leighton Baines and, and Seamus Coleman. So he, he's certainly been valued for money. That that's for sure. Um, I think someone said he was about one hundred and fifty pounds an appearance. He's cost us, which isn't 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 a bad return at all. But no, great great moment for him, great moment for us. Really, really important three points yet again. Um and and big games, big games to come on the horizon. And obviously we look ahead to Villa shortly, but after our first break, we're gonna have a little look in at the running and, and see where we feel that we can we can pick up points. We'll be back after the short break. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast. And we're going to look ahead at the at the fixtures that we've got left. It's always a dangerous game, this. And, and you know, there's certainly no certainties in football. There's certainly no certainties with Everton. That, that's for sure. But currently, as we speak, we're, we're sitting there with, with 15 games to go. Obviously, 23 games played. We've got seven home games, eight away games. And obviously, we need to look at where we're going to pick up points and you know it's it's not an exact science that's for sure it's, it's only our opinion 
But we do play, I, I was having a little thing about this last night. We do play everyone in the top 10, besides Liverpool, obviously, who we, who we played last week. But then we've still got, obviously, a fair, a fair few games with the sides who are in the, in the bottom half as well. Um, but it's a, it's so difficult to really call where we believe we're going to pick up points. But we still believe, it, it, it's, it's fair to say, Pete, you, you still think we're going to need another probably five or six wins out of these out of these 15 games and probably a couple of draws along the way as well? At least. I mean, like, like you say, it's, it's so hard to call and predict, isn't it? But, I mean, just before we started recording, we were saying, you know, given how tight, that the bottom half of the table is, it's likely going to mean that, you know, the so-called golden 40 points or 42 points might even need to be um, a little bit higher this year, or at least the the difference between the teams is, is going to be far more narrow. Um, so, it, you know, when you look at that fixture list, you start sweating a bit, don't you? Because there's some really tough games in there, particularly some of the away games. You know, I know it's a cliche, there's no easy games in the Premier League. Um, but you, I, I mean, the, the Arsenal game and the way that we set up there and the way that we seem to be approaching games now, I, I think that the derby's the derby and you, you can't really, um, you know, pet too much heed, really. But the way that we've been setting up, I think, has to give you some hope. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a combination of factors. We were talking about strikers a moment ago. I think how much more football we get out of Calvert-Lewin in those games is going to be absolutely crucial. Um you know, if we could get him back in for you know, five or six of those games, that, then I think we're, we're a very different side. And, you know, like we were saying a, a little while ago, the, the pressure, I think, on the rest of the squad to um, take a lead of the responsibility with goals maybe becomes a bit more helpful um, and maybe, you know, unlocks uh, a bit of freedom in some ways. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough um tough rest of the season isn't it for for evertonians and I, I just hope that we don't need another crystal palace night to to get there i'll i'll take um you know what one, one point in the away games please and um you know three points in the home and let, let's just get it over the line and start dreaming of mid-table finish finishes from next season onwards for the next five years we we all we all hope for that. Obviously, we don't want a, a similar end to, to last season. But you just you just look at the table now, how tight things are. The results yesterday didn't really go for us in terms of Southampton uh, and Bournemouth getting unexpected wins. What it did do is it did draw Wolves back in. You know, Wolves who, who were pulling away at one point now just two points ahead of ourselves. And I think anyone from from the bottom half really is, is in a little bit of danger and in the mix. You know, you, the likes of you. Your villas, uh, Palace, Forest, Wolves—you know—all those sides are, are gonna, are gonna. I I think are gonna have have some kind of, some kind of battle on their hands. Someone always drops. Someone always drops. But I do think your point that you make there about the, the point tally for for survival—it is gonna be, I think, forty, maybe maybe higher than forty points this season, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight finish. And I don't know about you, Lee, but I think the quality. Of the of the sides down there, I think that we, we haven't got the the whipping boys as, as such anymore in terms of in the Premier League. You know, all, all the sides down there have got some quality at some point and in some players. You know, the likes of Bournemouth and Southampton bought pretty well. I know Southampton are without a manager. Leeds weren't great yesterday, but they bought they bought a bit of quality in. That's for sure. Wolves are a new manager. He's addressed a lot of things, and they, they look a lot more settled. Although they're getting pulled back in, there's quality down there, isn't it? And that that that's a concerning thing. When you look at the fixtures that we've got left, every game that we've got obviously is a difficult game. But you couldn't, you, I, I couldn't even look at, at, at all those fixtures. And go, you know what? That's a nailed on three points. Well, the Arsenal game proves that. You know, mm. None of us were expecting uh, any sort of result against Arsenal, so you know that that shows that it doesn't always go with with form or trend, but. It's a weird one because you just said there is this quality. At the same time, I also think the league, there's also a real sort of lack of quality in some of those teams as well. And that's why they're bunching up down there. You know, we've recently played Wolves at home, Southampton at home. And let's be honest, both of those teams didn't play us off the park. You know, I mean, Brighton did. Brighton gave us a lesson on how to play football. They were brilliant against us and deserved to win, if not by more. 
But the other teams, you know, Wolves, Wolves nicked the last minute winner against us when we were probably going a bit too gung ho. And Samson, you know, had a worldy free kick, you know, from, from Gordon's petulance. Um, when, it, oh, you know, Calvert Lewin's, uh, you know, three or four or five millimetres away from putting us 2 1 up from the underside of the crossbar. So sometimes, you know, f- football, as we said on the pod at that time, you know, doesn't always go for you. And, you know, we win that game, it's a totally different outlook, isn't it? So, or we win any of those those games against Wolves, Southampton, Bournemouth, West Ham, they were all relatively tightish games. Um, and we, we've just come the wrong side of it. You look at Villa, Villa have pulled away from sort of uh, the mire since uh, Emre's come in. But that was mainly down to the fact they've had two narrow wins against two fellow relegation rivals recently. You know, that's allowed them to, to pull them away. That's the main reason why they have been able to pull away because of that. And then they, they've, they've sort of gone off the boil a little bit recently. They've conceded four at home twice recently. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking at the fixtures then as we were talking. Obviously, Villa, as I just mentioned there, they've certainly improved under Emery. So that, that won't be an easy game next up against Villa at home. You know, they'll have a far more quality to offer than, than um, Leeds did yesterday. Pete, you told me about, uh, as we were walking to the ground, you said, if you, did you see uh, Villa's first goal, Ollie Watkins? Uh, I've watched it since. And I mean, I mean that is a centre-forwards goal right there, isn't it? I mean, you know, Saliba's no slouch. And he's, you know, he's done a little sort of drop of the shoulder, little step over on his weak foot, and he's absolutely rifled it in the bottom corner. That's a hell of a finish. That I don't think we've got anyone in the team, never mind centre forward, that can do that in our side. Maybe Damari Gray, possibly. Um, hell of a goal. So that won't be easy next week. And then I thought we had Forest uh, away next, but we haven't sandwiched in between Villa. There, we've got Arsenal away, haven't we? So we've got essentially three games in a, in in. in what ten days there, give or take, maybe just just under just a um, just under ten days. So we've got, you know, like I just said, Villa at home, Arsenal away, then Forest away, and Forest have been good at home this season. You know, anyone who saw the highlights of Forest City yesterday, they managed to get a point. But by the way, uh, some of the misses in that game were unbelievable. I don't know if you've seen the highlights, boys. I mean, Harlan could have scored five himself. How Forest managed to get a point in that is unbelievable. But um, that won't be necessarily an easy game either, you know, because as I said, they've been so good at home, they've been keeping clean sheets. We've then got Brentford at home. Again, hit and miss team, aren't they? Real hit and miss team. You know, they nearly lost yesterday in the last minute uh, equaliser against Palace, who again haven't been great. Uh, and then Chelsea are just, uh, you know, a massive anomaly at the moment, aren't they? You know, how, they, how the hell did Chelsea lose to Samson at home yesterday? I watched Chelsea against West Ham last week. And they had two goals shorted off of VAR, rightly so, by the way. But, you know, they could have scored three, four in the first half an hour. They were absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, you know, Jao Felix looks like a hell of a player. And then they go to Dortmund and have 15 shots in the second half. You're thinking, right, go on, go and, go and spank Southampton at home. We're absolute garbage. And then, you know, they somehow, somehow managed to lose the game. So they could have done us a favour yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's the key one for me, and I just mentioned it to you boys before we started recording, when you look towards the end of the season, you know, those two games, like Wolves away, Bournemouth at home, I mean, you've got to pray to God that we aren't going to go to those two games. There's every chance we will, by the way. Because like you said, Mike, there's only 15 games left. You know, they arguably need five, maybe six wins from those. The odd point here or there. So there's a very good chance it will go to those two games, won't it? So, you know, you've got City at home before that and Anything can happen there. We had a good point at the Etihad, but, you know, let's be honest, you know, City are heavy favourites for that. And then you've got, like I said, Wolves and Wolves and Bournemouth. You know, they could be that, they could be absolute relegation scraps, both those two games. You've just got to pray that maybe, uh, like to Bournemouth, by the time we play them, maybe you've got nothing to play for and they're down. You've got to hope that, haven't you? Uh, otherwise, when it comes to that, I mean, if it comes to that last game of the season, I mean, that's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be getting down to, to, to that point. And, you know, with, with Sean Dice coming in and what we've seen in, the, in these first three games, the two home games especially, it does emphasise how important the home games are going to be. We've only seen, obviously, one away game uh, at Anfield. And like Peter said earlier on, Merseyside, Derby, anything can happen. We didn't really turn up, that's for sure. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how we fare away from home over the next few weeks, like you say, the Sam was at Arsenal game in, 
um, after the Aston Villa game, and then we go to Forest. So we've got two away games there. Have a little bit of of, um, of confidence, I'm sure, with the Arsenal game. We've beat, we've beat them, you know, beat them a couple of weeks ago, so the confidence will be there for that. Forest away, as you say, is a tough game. But those home games are, are going to be key, aren't they? You know, we've got, you mentioned there, Villa, Brentford, Tottenham, Fulham, Newcastle, Man City, and then Bournemouth. So those those seven home games, you look at them. Are we going? Are we going to win five of them? It's it's a big ask, isn't it? it? It's a big ask, and that's where now you look at okay, well, what can we do on the road? You know, sides the likes of Wolves, the likes of um, of Nottingham Forest as, as another example, Crystal Palace, Leicester. Those those games against sides who were in that bottom half, they're going to be important. The the, the away games, there we've got to pick up points away from home, whether it's a little draw here or there, whether we can nick a win, those are going to be vital because I just think, looking at those whole fixtures, Pete, <clears throat> I just can't see probably five wins, maybe maybe three or four, maybe a couple of draws. So we've got to start performing away as well, haven't we? De- definitely. Definitely. I mean, we've not seen it yet, have we? It's, it's very, very early days, but um, you know, lots of people have, have been kind of waiting for the 4-4-2 to materialise. You know, maybe we'll never see it. Um, but, you know, it, it could be that perhaps we start to play with a little bit more freedom at home or we see two strikers and, you know, the, the away fixtures are, are you know more conservative and it's about just trying to stay in games and seeing what we can get. But, you know, maybe that's a, a, a simplistic, um, a, you know, an, an offensive cliche to kind of put towards Sean Dyche, who so far has, you know, shown these um, adaptable and shrewd. But I mean, yeah, it, it it does put a lot of pressure on the away games. But I think there's lots of moving parts to this, isn't there? Like, like you know, Lee was saying, normally at this part, of this this stage of the season, there's at least one team who, are, you know, are plummeted, and you know, psychologically, they're probably already looking at next season because there's a chasm, um, and we don't have that. You know, there's realistically, you know, you'd say six or seven teams who could get um, all sucked at the same time into a relegation scrap. Uh, and every time one of them seems to kind of elevate themselves out of it, you know, you look at like Leicester, you look at the table, they're, they're, they're still not there. You know, and they'll, they'll be very aware of that. You know, and they, you know, I've been watching quite a bit of Leicester recently. They, they've been playing some brilliant football. So it's it's bizarre, isn't it? You look at this table and you think, well, really, the you know, the like a defeat and a draw, and um, you know, a couple of week weekends of the fixtures going against them from you know potentially being right back on the cusp of the bottom three. So it, it's it's a really um, bizarre season. Uh, I'm sure it's it's interesting for the neutral or people who aren't, um, you know, f- football fans of any, any team in the bottom half. But yeah, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be a nervy time. I just yeah, I just don't. It doesn't bear thinking about what 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 I'm trying to do at the moment is is enjoy the wins. Obviously, we had a couple over the last couple of weeks, and enjoy them at the time, and then the week after. Just, just don't even think about it. Don't even think about the the game if you if you can help it, and then obviously reset for the next game because it, it's a week by week situation at this moment in time. It really is, and like you say, a loss and a draw can suck you right back in. Those sides who are above us, that's for sure. And, and we we've got to we've got to be on our guard and we've got to be on our game. And the, there's no no more important game than the next game. And for us, obviously, that's Aston Villa and Goodison Park, who we saw against Arsenal lead twice um obviously one nil then two one and lost lost the game to two two late goals um and, and ended up losing losing four two but un, under under Unai Emery he, he's come in you know a, a really good appointment you know they they, they appointed after 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 second Steven Gerrard quite a bit before obviously we brought Sean Dice in and he got that kick didn't he Lee so so Aston Villa were obviously in a difficult position Early on in the season, the, the, the change manager brought in Emery. Obviously, he's a, he's a top quality operator, and they got that kick early on. So it sort of pulled them away in a sense. But Villa, like I said, they, they've got to be looking over the shoulder a little bit because it only takes, you know, two or three defeats when you're down there and you're getting sucked right back in. Yeah, you are. And then, you know, it, it can it can happen in the blink of an eye. You know, you can pull away and feel like you're out of it and then lose a couple and then suddenly you've got problems. Like I said, they conceded four goals at home in the last two games. 
And they played very well overall against Arsenal. Uh, probably did in the end deserve to lose it, but they were a bit unlucky with that third goal, the free goal, and then obviously the last goal that you know they're trying to get an equaliser. Um, but yeah, like I said, the differences with them is that they won two key games. I think they won one nil and two one against some relegation rivals there, and that allowed them to pull away. But that was a really cute appointment because I think Emery, I know he didn't succeed at Arsenal, but we all know he's a fantastic coach. You know, he's, he's won the Europa League God knows how many times. You know, he, he, he's superb at Sevilla, went to Villarreal, was doing brilliant with them. You know, so it's a cute appointment from, from Villa getting him in. And look, Villa, you know, I remember when they got Buendia in and I was dying for us to go after him because he was a type of player that we could have possibly gone in for. You know, he's not quite in that top bracket, um, but he's got loads of creativity. And he had a relatively slow start for them, and he's been brilliant since. You know, he's he's one. You know, he's a fan's favourite now. He's one of their best players. Leon Bailey's been playing brilliant for them. You know, he, he was signed another player we were linked with. They've, they've managed to get in front and, and and get him before we could get in there. And um, you know, he's been playing very well recently. Loads of pace, trickery. Obviously, scored against us as well. Of course, he did uh, not long after signing for them. Um, and then Ollie Watkins looks like he's playing with a bit of confidence. You know, he he's very much a confidence player. Uh, I'm not saying he's you know the next coming this year by any means, but that that strike he did yesterday was a lovely goal. So he's clearly playing with you know a bit of confidence, and it's amazing what a couple of wins can do because you know if we if we can get something against Villa and even if we manage to nick it one nil, you know um, those two wins suddenly lifts the dressing room like massively, doesn't it? Because then all of a sudden you're pulling away. You know, like I said before, you, you play with that sort of freedom. And, and that, that's what every sportsman wants, what every footballer wants, is to play with no real pressure. You know, not pressure, but no real stress or anxiety or anything like that. And, you know, we're, we're miles away from that. You said before, Mike, you know, it, how nice it would be to have a mid-table game that doesn't really mean anything. And, you know, we'd, we'd all be dying for that now, right right away. But you never know, do you, in football? Suddenly we could go on a run out of nowhere and, and win you know, throughout the next four, for example. And then all of a sudden, then, you know, the distress is a lot less around the club, isn't it? So it's 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 a weird one. It really is. Um, I just hope that the closer it gets nearer the time, we're not in that same sort of situation where, where you know, it's 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 coming down to the absolute wire. Um, we all, we all, we all remember that Burnley game last season away when, you know, we were the, clearly the better side. We were missing sitters left, right and centre to put the game out of sight. And then somehow managed to you know lose the game three two, um, so I, I just hope I just hope we can get into a position where we're not we're not worried you know and, and let's be fair I think most of us here had pretty much accepted the fact that we were gone after we'd lost to West Ham let's be fair most of us had maybe mentally we'd kind of accepted it haven't we pretty much there or thereabouts and that Dice's result against Arsenal has sort of given us that little bit of hope. Um, and as I said before, credit to him. You know, he's, he, I think he's managed his press conferences really well. I think he spoke really well. Uh, Mike, you mentioned before with a tweet this week about you know his key word is alignment. I think you know subtly what he's referring to there is that he wants to get the fans on board with the players, and then obviously the board lined up with it all as well. Um, now there's a long way to go in, in in terms of that. It's not going to happen overnight. There's a lot more trust that needs to be built there starting with probably a few people, you know, in my opinion, should be walking, but that's another story. But, um, you know, as I said before, a couple of wins out of nowhere suddenly looks a very different picture. So let's see how it plays out. It doesn't, and this is this is the, the kind of game, like you said earlier on, that we, we've got to be looking at winning. You know, it's as simple as that. Villa have lost four of the last six in all competitions. Um, like you say, the last two home games, he shipped four goals. He's won against Leicester as well. Uh, they were winning. It was similar games to the Arsenal game, I think, where they, they were winning winning twice and they, they lost that game, lost to Arsenal. Uh, they've lost to City. You know, no no, no shame in, in the Arsenal and City defeats and Leicester on their day and on, not a bad side at all. But when you're in a, in a situation where you're on a bit of a losing streak, that can creep in mentally as well as winning games you know we can have a negative effect and winning games can have a positive effect and we need to get to that point now where can we now okay we've won two out of three but can we now go on a run can we put back-to-back wins together can we can we do that that's the next step and there's a chance against Aston Bill to do it they've got quality players you, you mentioned there just watching them yesterday and me and Pete called the back end of the game in the ground 
and you, you look at some of the players that they've got at their disposal. You mentioned Bailey there, and you were heavily linked with Watkins, all the attributes of a top Premier League striker, had a bit of a bit of a, um, a dip in form a little while ago, but seems to be back on it now. Coutinho, you know, luxury player, but bags and bags of ability. We've we've got to look at that side and and focus on what the weaknesses are. For, for me, the weaknesses at Villa is Tyro Mings as, as being one and defensively. You know, Tyro Mings is, is one of them. He, he's a big lad, he's physical, he's strong. He's got a mistake in him, though. He really has. You know, I think Martinez, the goalkeeper, very good goalkeeper, not in probably the same kind of form he was in, is what is what I would say. You know, he, he's quite a quite a volatile character as well. So we've got to look at where can we what can we exploit in these games. We're going to see a similar setup, you would assume, from our perspective. You know, you're going to see a setup the same way as you see against Arsenal. And, and leads so potentially a similar pattern maybe one goal either side wins it but it's going to be interesting to see to see what the manager what the manager does but are you going to, into the game with with now a renewed sense of confidence Pete do, do you feel that Everton under Sean Dice what we've seen in the early part of his of his managerial reign at the club is he now giving you the confidence that when when Villa come to Goodison Park and, and side like Aston Villa, we can approach the game with confidence and expect to pick up points? I, I think so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was saying to Lee yesterday when we were walking down, it's because it's so early days, it, it's still difficult to know what to expect. And, you know, I, I really didn't know how to feel before Leeds yesterday because, you know, the, the, the Arsenal game, top of the table, first game in charge, you, you can't really read too much or judge too much from that. The derby, like we were saying, so it was an interesting game yesterday because we kind of almost reverted back to the way that we'd approached the match against Arsenal, and you do feel like you're starting to get a bit of a feel for, okay, is this what we expect now? Um, you know, under Sean Dyche, you know, lot, lots of energy, heavy organisation, um, you know, getting on the front foot, more crosses into the box, you know, working very hard. Um, especially dangerous from set pieces. Uh, you know, you have a real belief now. Every time we get a corner, you've got a real belief and we look so, so dangerous. We're causing so many problems. Um, so I, I do feel more hopeful uh, against Villa. And you know, not, <laughs> not to jinx us, but I almost wonder whether the, the way Villa play will, will suit us better because they're going to be set up to be pressed. They're going to look to play out from the back. We've got a small pitch. We can squeeze them. We're going to play higher up. I think it's going to be a real test for, for Cody and Tarkowski against um, obviously Ollie Watkins, as we're saying, and we need to try and give him a quiet afternoon. But yeah, I do I do feel hopeful. I do feel like we can give him a game. Well, on on that um, on that point in regards to obviously the way that we are now playing, I thought it was interesting that Sean Dyson after the game yesterday about he always mentions about how much information the players are having to take in in such a short space of time. What he says is. He said, there's, there's things that we that we can't concentrate on, i.e. every little mistake that's being made, every little facet of every of every single game. So there's no time. There's no time for all that. We have to just basically go in, get as much into the players as we can, probably simplify things is, is what I'm taking from it. And that's the approach that we're seeing when it comes to the setup on, on a on a match day. And and I think that probably helps this players in, in, in a in a way. Um and and it makes it that little bit, that little bit easier, and everyone knows knows the role. But things crossed. Obviously, Amadou Onana is fit. He he got taken off with about fifteen minutes ago yesterday. The 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 talk from Sean Dyche was the managing a bit of a niggly knee, is what he said. So this is nothing new. They come off in the in the derby, didn't he as well? And, and I think they they are managing a little bit of a niggle because he went down first half and and he, he played on to the seventy fifth minute. So. Fingers crossed. He did come out and say, "Don't worry, I'll be back." So that I assume he will be fit because he's a big, he's a big part of that midfield and a big part of that side. He's he's really stepped up in recent weeks. I'm doing and we're starting to see the player that he that he actually is. But it's it's a difficult game, as we said. All games are difficult now. Um, there's no easy games, especially for us. We can approach it with a bit of confidence. We can we can go to the ground ourselves as a fan base feeling maybe a little bit more confident than we were a few weeks ago. Uh, and hopefully the, the, the players can can put on the performance and, and get us another another big three points. 
Uh, but let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see what the week brings, first of all, because, you know, we've got a long way to go till we get to that game on Saturday at Goodison Park, and hopefully there's no no injuries to, to key players along the way. But let's have your predictions if, if we can. Lee, what are you saying in terms of Aston Villa? Well, like I said before, it, Villa will give us a lot more problems uh, than, than than Leeds did. Um, it's imperative we keep a clean sheet in that game. Like I said, because we're just not free flowing in terms of you know sc- scoring. So I think we can keep a clean sheet uh, definitely against them. And, and like Pete said, I think they're going to want to play out from the back, play through the lines. And you know they have had a bit of a ropey ropey few results. So it might be a good time to play them. You know they weren't flying like they were when he first came in. Um, and like I said, they've conceded eight goals at home. So, um, yeah, look, 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 I'm pretty confident. Two, two wins, like you just said there, Mike, a massive. Yes, in terms of the table, but also in terms of the morale and, and what that sends through the dressing room. You cannot underestimate that, the effect that has. You know, you're suddenly then looking at you've taken nine points from a possible 12, which in our situation, you know, pretty much halve the points that we'd earned up until that point before Daesh came in, in, in four matches. So it, it's huge. It really is. Um, and um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say one nil, one nil again, one nil to the Sophies. Is it a way of coming to you, Pete? Is it just going to be a hat of one nils? Well, do, do you know what? I'd, I'd love another one nil special. I'd, I'd love it, but I, I think it might be one, one. Um, I'm going to say Villa score first and then Ellis Sims, to, to get on the score sheet and, uh, and get us the draw. But, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd love another 1-0. I'm going to say 1-0, of course. Of course I am. That's that's uh, that's going to be the way forward, I think. Like, it's, 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 going to be, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be tight. You know, very much could be a game that, that, we, that we drop points in. We're, we're certainly not sitting there underestimating Aston Villa. You know, 28 points sitting 11th currently as we as we speak. They had, as, we, as we said, they had a little upturn in form. Beat a couple of the sides that were that are down there, which has really helped them springboard away. But like we said, you know, four of the last six games they, they've lost. Um, and winning and losing can become a habit as, as we know ourselves. So hopefully, you know, they're not they're not totally totally on their game uh, and these losses have impacted them. So I'm gonna go in there with a with a one nil uh Connor Cody set piece strike McNeil corner. That'll uh That'll do for me, but we, let's see. Let's see how uh, how the week goes first, anyway. But that's us for this week. Um, fingers crossed that we all have a have a positive week. I'm sure that we will after another Everton win, and we back ourselves next weekend to look back on the on the Villa game and look look ahead to a busy week the following week when we go to the Emirates against Arsenal and also to uh, to Nottingham Forest. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.